We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon. Merry Christmas, everybody. 25 days to go now. It started. Hey, I want to bring us into a new Christmas series by asking you, how do you feel? And specifically, when you hear these words spoken to you, I'm for you. How does that impact? How do you feel when you hear this? Now, I tell you what. If it's your spouse, if you're married, your spouse speaks these to you, it can be very significant. Though in in our case, Denise has ruined many a good fight by using these words. I mean, I am all worked up over something, and she'll say, Guy, you know that I'm for you. And I'm just like, like, like all the wind, I like, what? I mean, like, yeah, thank you. If your parent, your mom or your dad, just speaks these words over you or into your life, I am for you. You know what life that they've brought to you. My parents, I don't think, ever had these words spoken into their life. And as a result of that, it wasn't something that they ever articulated to me or my brothers or sister. But I'm positive of this, that if they knew what they could have done and the meaning that they would hold in an individual's life that they would have spoken them on a regular basis. Now I want to encourage everyone that's a mom or a dad here to speak these words into, if you can, directly into the eyes of your kids, no matter what their age is, sometime this week. And just watch the impact that that has. If a friend says to you, hey, I'm for you. It just reinforces something, doesn't it? It reinforces this is why they are the true friend that they are. Anybody ever have a boss that said this to you? You mean your boss just said, hey, you know that I am for you. Anybody ever have a boss that say this? Not many, right? Okay. Um, if you are a boss, you know, take note. You know, take note right now. I had a boss that spoke these words to me. You know what? I would have run through walls for that individual. You see, these words, I'm for you, in good times, they're sweet. In difficult times, in hard times in our life, they are life-giving words. So why don't you just imagine for just a second, what would it be like if God were to say to you, I am for you. Don't you think that would be something worth sharing? Now, speaking of sharing, <laughs> this, this really revealed my um, social media ignorance. We're in a meeting not too long ago. We're kind of talking about the Christmas series and what's, you know, what's coming up here. And I was getting excited, and so I said, with a bit of gravitas, I might add, We need to tell people that they need to share the message of Christmas on all their social media platforms. In fact, I was like so excited. I'm like, we need to title the whole series, Share It. And I looked across the table, 
And in the eyes of the individual I was speaking to, I could see the absolute, just they were mortified at what I was saying to them. I mean, it looked as if I had just said, you need to go and sacrifice your puppy to Satan. I mean, that's, the, that's what I've seen in, in their eyes, like, <gasps> now if I told them, you need to sacrifice your cat to Satan, no big deal, right? I'm like, oh, oh. I didn't need to go there, I know. <laughs> oh, back to my story. Okay, so this individual then, with great grace, I might add, began to inform me, goes like, uh, guy, you don't tell people what they need to share on their social media um, sites or platform. People share what's important to them. They share the things that are meaningful, the things that they find helpful to them. And I'm just kind of like, oh, well, that makes, that, that actually, like, that makes sense. So I like to share with you today something that I found to have wild importance, high impact. Actually, it's life-changing for me that maybe, just maybe, you might want to share sometime this Christmas season. It's going to be about God's Christmas message. That is, the message that God wants us to receive from him regarding Christmas. The message is threefold, so I'm going to break it up into three different weeks. I'll give you a part of it this week, then part of it next week, and part the, the week after that. So I think you want to you know, make sure you pick up the other two pieces, especially when we get this one today. God's Christmas message begins with this. I don't know if you're going to be surprised by it or not, but these words, I am for you. These are such game-changing words. Now, when this becomes a soul, a conviction of yours, as we find in the scripture, I love these words, Psalm 56, this one thing I know, that God is for me. Would you say that with me, everybody? This one thing I know, that God is for me. Let's say it one more time together. Everybody, this one thing I know, that God is for me. When we hear that one, this one if there's one thing that you can communicate to somebody who doesn't know it, that God is for you, it will open them up because we all know this, right? We really don't listen to those that aren't for us. We may tolerate the things that they're saying to us, but we're not opening ourselves up to them. I said, this is a game changer. Now, you may get some pushback the first time you share it. Like, really? Like, really, God is for me? And they may have a picture in their mind, something like this picture. This would be, I mean, going all the way back to the beginning of time, you've got Adam and Eve, and they're being expelled from the garden, right? They've just been kicked out. And you look at that and go like, so this is God, this is what God for me looks like? But if you think about it for just a second, first of all, if you know the story about Adam and Eve, you know that they were brought into a deception, and really kind of what got them in this situation was they were deceived into believing that God wasn't for them and they just needed to look out for themselves, their own best interests. And then they made some really bad choice and there's consequence for that choice. 
But here's what the story from the picture begins to tell. Even in this, when there was consequences that was, had come into their life by their bad choices, that God was for them. In fact, God at this moment was pursuing them. One of the most powerful truths of Scripture is this, that God has been pursuing mankind individually since the very beginning of time. Jesus underscores this when he says this message. He said, my father is always at his work. He's always working. And you may be going like, what? <laughs> what work does God have to do? It's the work of pursuing those to bring them into relationship with him. It's this work of communicating, I am for you. Hear that. Now, I know a little bit about pursuing. When I first began pursuing Denise, and I let it be known to her, hey, like, I got, I got, I've got an interest in you. Her words to me were these. I don't think so. <laughs> I want you to know how much that laughter hurts. I, I, it is like, that hurt, like, a I mean, a specimen of manhood like this, and she's like, I don't think, like, I, I don't think so. And now, do you think her response of like, I had no interest in you, do you think that I just said, okay, I'm done pursuing you? Ah, uh, no, not at all. I continued pursuing the one that had no interest in me. And as I did so, Finally got her attention, so to speak. And she just began to open herself up a little to me. It's from that that love actually grew and our story is what our story is today. And I can tell you this, that God was pursuing me long before I had any interest in opening myself up to him whatsoever. This message of Christmas is one of heart and action. In fact, you look at, you know, you take us back to that initial picture. This led to something. This led to this. When you begin to realize that Christmas is one of these incredible expressions that God is pursuing us, it just it brings Christmas so much richer and greater into our lives. One of the passages of scripture that talks about Christmas, though maybe not often thought of as a Christmas passage, at least at the get-go, it brings it concisely, and God would say, this is my message to you, this is my heart for you as well. I want us to look at it together this morning. So if you've got a Bible, let's go over to John chapter three. John three, if you're using the Pew Bible, it's page 1513, you've got it on your phone or tablet or brought your Bible with you, cool. If you're using the Pew Bible, though, 1513. I'm going to encourage everybody to put a bookmarker in this. In fact, it's a great place to take that invite card that we've got here. Stick it right in there. So you're going to be able to come back to this, not only this week, but throughout the Christmas season. In John chapter 3, verse number 16, we're going to find some of the most familiar words of the Scripture. Now, here's the problem with familiar words. We can take them for granted. It's like, oh, yeah, 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 I, I know that. 
And so as we read these together, my prayer has been that you're going to come with fresh eyes and that the Spirit of God actually speaks these words anew and afresh as we read them together with the context of Christmas that we come to. So John chapter 3, verse number 16, if you want to read from your Bible, or we'll put them right up here on the screen. Would you read this with me? Everybody? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now as we go to verse 17, you may recognize this verse if you're receiving the verse of the day. It was Friday's verse. If you're not receiving the verse of the day, sign up for it. It's a... It's a godsend so many times. Let's go. Verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Now think about that in that context of Christmas. In Christmas, we get the heart of God that's revealed to us. What's the heart of God? What, is it? what do we read here in these words? Well, we learn here that God's heart, his, um, his message to us, it's all about people. His message, it's Jesus. I want to take this, I want to intentionally now weave something else into our time together today that if you're part of Fox River, I mean, if you're like, you know, you call Fox River home or you're, you, know, just, you connect with Fox River in some way, I hope it's really meaningful to you. If you're just visiting, you know, just kind of checking out Fox River right now, um, it's a great time to be here because I think this can give you as much insight into what Fox River's all about as anything else possibly could. So I want to talk to you just real quickly about what I'm going to call the renewed mission. Now we talk about the mission or mission of the organization, you know, it's the why behind it, what's, what's going on. Fox River's always been mission-driven, I mean, just from the birth of it. We've been all about what's called the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. The great commandment, Jesus was asked, what's the greatest thing in all the scriptures, the greatest command in the scripture? And he said, love God with your whole heart, love your neighbor as yourself. Nothing greater than that. The great commission is when Jesus said to his disciples, go everywhere, share the gospel, good news about Jesus, and make disciples. So these two things gave us our why. We were only about three, four years into our church's existence when I asked, there's a group of artists that I, could, that I called together, and I said, could you take the great commandment, the great commission, and, and like make a picture of it? I didn't know what that was going to be or what it was going to look like, but I thought it was a great idea. You know, threw the ball in their court. Here's what they came back with. There were these three hearts. Anybody ever seen these three hearts before? Anybody, anybody, a lot, lot are out here. So, and if you haven't, this was the story they said, the first heart, it's about the God-shaped hole that's in all of us. This is what, you know, it's kind of like, this is our beginning point. Here's our common ground. Jesus is the one that can fill the God-shaped hole in us. That was the second heart. They said the third heart then, this is all about growing in our love for God, growing in our love for people. It's about faith in action. And I was like, wow, that's really good. And we let this image just kind of, fuel our why now the good thing about art right you can connect with it it's like oh yeah like you know that it it it, it make it you know becomes something we're just like i get it i lean into it the hard thing about art though is 
fully expressing everything that's in the picture to you. So if I were to, t- you know, if I were to say to you now, turn to the person next to you and tell them what the mission of Fox River is, be like, um, well, it's kind of, and it's, it's got some of this, and it's got some, right? It's like, you know it, but the clarity of being able to share it, that's the challenge, and we realize that. We're thinking about, how do we move into 2020? How do we, how do we become what it is, you know, these take the next steps with God? So as we were praying about this, and a group of us have been, you know, spent lots and lots of time a week on it, we came to these eight words that we're going to call now the renewed mission of Fox River. I call it renewed because it's not new, but it just expressed a little bit differently. So somebody ever asked you, what's the, what's the mission of Fox River? What's the mission of your church? You can say these eight words to them. You can say, our heart is people and our message is Jesus. So what's the mission of Fox River? Ah, good. Now, full disclosure, this is a ripoff. We ripped off somebody and took their mission and made it ours. We ripped off God. You can probably see in here, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's always been God's mission. In fact, this is Jesus' mission. His heart was people. Do you know why people kept coming to Jesus? Because they knew that he was for them. Religious people, irreligious people, people far from God, people not necessarily that far from God, but because they knew he was for them, his heart was for them, they came. And his, his message, it almost sounds a little conceited, I know. Like, my message, my mission is me. But think about some of the things Jesus said. Come unto me, Jesus said, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He spoke these words. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. We just keep coming back to this fact that this message of Jesus is so centric. It's centric in some of the most complicated questions and problems that we get faced with. And I know it seems cliche-ish. What's the, you know, what's the question? Well, the, the message or the answer is Jesus. But when we start to go into some of the more complex ethical issues that, I'm, you know, that I talk with doctors about, when we're dealing with some really sticky counseling problems and problems in our life, you're at the very center of finding the answer to the, some of the more you know, challenging things, of finding healing. The message, you've got Jesus, again, right at the center of it. So, the mission, for those that call Fox River home, is what? Our heart is, our message is, which takes us back to Christmas. This message, the first part of the message that we're starting with today, I hope is going to be the first, as it were, pebble that's going to be dropped into the pool of your life and the areas of those that you affect. The first impact, I hope, that when you hear God speaking into your life, I am for 
you. That gives you hope. That that goes like, now I really know that this Christmas, what it's going to be shaped by. And then you personally begin to take that message. God is for you into your home. And God is for you into your neighborhood. And God is for you into your workplace. And wherever we're going, we're just letting this one message, like, hey, what's Christmas about? Merry Christmas. Yeah, it's great. You know, what are you thinking about? Like, do you know at the very heart of Christmas that God is for us? Let's watch some of the conversations that get started. In fact, you talk about this at work, you know? You know, Christmas, hey, did you know, you know, Christmas, that God is for you? Some people are just going to go, really? I, I really never thought about that, or I never, is that true? And as I said earlier, people never open themselves up to the messenger until they understand this one thing, that I'm for you. And God wants these words to come forth. Not only individually can we do this. As a church, when we let everyone know that God is for them, we see some really, really, really cool things taking place. In fact, a couple things that are going on this Christmas, I'm excited about. I hope that you will share my enthusiasm when you hear a little bit about them. This year at our Christmas offering, now who doesn't get excited about a Christmas offering, right? I can tell all of you right now are just like, right? I mean, like, Christmas is the biggest service by far here. So we take an offering, and if you've been around here, you know this. We then give it all away. <laughs> you know, biggest service, we give, every, we give it all away. We've gone into different community partners. This year, here's what we want to add to it. Now, we're gonna, we want to give to a community partner, somebody that, you know, really services and helps and ministers the poor. But in addition to that, we want to ask you to help us to find families that are in need of a little bit of hope in, in, in some help this coming Christmas. So on our webpage, go there. You can nominate an individual or family. Now hear me, they don't, even have, they don't have to attend Fox River. But if you know, hey, they're going through a tough time. Maybe they, you know, there was a fire in their home. And they just need some of the basic necessities. Again, or one that's been submitted um, to us has been a uh, family with a young child three, four years old, has leukemia, and just some real, just some of the struggles that are going with that. I mean, that's when they're being nominated. From all of our congregation, you know, like putting all of our feelers out into our community around us, we want to find individuals that are in need. Then we're going to take this Christmas offering, and we want to then bless individuals in a very real, in a very tangible way. Now that sounds like a ton of fun, doesn't it? In fact, you may be going like, even if I can't be here, I want to be, I want to be a part of that offering because that's Christmas. And it's going to be taught. And what's the message? God is for you. We do it not only locally, super important to us, but we also want to join God globally as we do this as well. Now, this isn't our Christmas offering that we do this with but with what we do in December called My Gift for Jesus. If you've been around here for a while, you're familiar with that. If you haven't been, My Gift for Jesus is our commitment to join God in his working in specifically Nicaragua and in Kenya and communicating there in a very, very real way this message of God that I am for you. 
this little video clip will give you a little bit of insight as to some of the things that have happened just recently. And let me just be able to take a minute or two afterwards and finish explaining it. Check this out. Through your generous giving, Fox River has been able to impact a lot of students' lives, actually. There are two what we would call elementary schools in the States. So the goal of our schools is to identify kids in the communities whose families otherwise would not be able to provide a quality education for them. We are about 40 staff, I'm proud of that. And my first boy was in KG3, and now he's going to do exams in Form 4. And the other one was the was in KG1, is now in Form 2. I'm so very, very much proud. And I would like to thank the Fox River for your care. Everything you are doing here is very, very wonderful. One of the biggest ministries that they have is a clinic. The clinic is the base of the whole thing that they wanted to do here in Last Mile, to reach all the people. The clinic has impacted a lot in his life because uh, he is 63 years old and he have a lot of uh, problems, like chronic problems. And, but now he is treated here and it's more close and he have everything that he needs. And the people here encourage him to serve others too. So I've been impacted his life a lot. So in a nutshell, here's what we've been able to do in the last 12 years through My Gift for Jesus. We built a clinic down in Nicaragua. Every month, hundreds and hundreds of people receive medical care that they wouldn't otherwise, and they also hear the good news about Jesus. In Kenya, we've been able to fully um, fund as well as build two elementary schools, takes us all the way kindergarten through eighth grade, and then we've also now are in a high school over there as well. We're supporting about 900 students that are there. Now I know just the, those compassion elements are significant, but here's what we could miss in it. It's about the individuals. I want to talk to you just for a second about Ethan. So I've got Ethan, that's right here. This is her profile. Ethan is going to be going into the seventh grade. The most significant thing that you would see in this picture is Ethan's eyes and the hope and the joy that's there because individuals have been willing to step up and join. $25 a month feeds, clothes, and educates somebody that is of the poorest of the poor and would otherwise remain in the grip of poverty. When I go there, I know this, and I chose over this weekend three different seventh grade girls. This is the third. Because she now is in the school, 
She looks to the future, and if you would write to her, she would talk about, here's my hopes, here's the dreams that I have, here's how this has affected my family, how this is how it's helping my community. If it weren't for this, a seventh grade girl, and some of these would be friends of Ethan, would A seventh grade girl would look forward to in the next year or two either be given away to somebody in a loveless marriage, one of many, or see no other means of supporting of a very menial hard labor, and in most cases, giving themselves in prostitution. Do you remember when you were in middle school? Were any of those your concerns about whether you'd have anything to eat? Or having a, a, a hopeless future? You are making such a difference in real people's lives, like the ones that are right next to us here. The reason I've got Ethan here, though Ethan is supported overall by my gift for Jesus, she doesn't have a personal sponsor yet. Anyone that you go into in the gym or any of our other um, campus locations, the displays that are there, um, these are ones that don't yet have a personal sponsor. And being a personal sponsor just takes it to a whole new level. Not only financially supporting, but maybe just writing a note to them. Them knowing there's somebody else that's saying, I am for you, that has a name, you get a way to communicate if you choose to do that. In fact, if um, anybody would like to sponsor Effin, you can come right on up here afterwards, and I'll be more than happy to, to share that with you. Again, my gift for Jesus is super simple. I've got these cards that are in all the pews. They'll be out this month. $25 a month, $300 a year changes an individual's life. Real person, real name, somebody that God's for, and we're joining him in, in communicating that same message again. I've always encouraged people at Christmas, would you give to Jesus on his birthday what he really wants? Something like this, hope, change life. Would you spend on Jesus what it is that you're going to spend on others for his birthday? It'll change your Christmas. Two questions on the bottom of the sheet. I pulled these out of a book. I just recently completed this brand new book out. It's called Four. It's by Jeff Henderson. It's a good, good business book, good for church leaders that way. But the book kind of focuses on these two questions. What do you want to be known for? And then more importantly, what are you known for? Fox River, what do you want to be known for? We can say a lot of things, but this is bringing us back to, whether it's our Christmas offering, whether it's my gift for Jesus, like what are we going to be known for? As you're going into this new year, what do you want to be known for? I mean, you can take this to work. Bring it personally in your life. And what are you known for? What are your actions showing that way? God's message was this. He said, I am for you. Now, if you, in, you know, kind of got your hands up right now going like, I'm not so sure. You may be a Christian, you may not be a Christian. Either way, like, I'm not so sure about that. Because, and you've got a reason, don't you? 
because of something you're going through right now, because of a struggle that you're in, because of something that happened in your past, and you're going like, if this could happen, then I'm not sure that God is really for me. God said, I want you to know, be know. I want you to know what I'm known for. How can you know that I am for you? I think this verse just says it so clearly. It sets it up in a question. What should we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who could be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not, along with him, graciously give us all things? God says, you can know that I'm for you in that I took that which is of the greatest value to me and I offered it to you. In fact, follow the images, right? This led to this, which wasn't the end. It led to this. How do you know God is for you? This cries out again. When we do communion in just a moment or two, it speaks into, I really am for you. And if you will come to me, if you'll open yourself up, just knowing that I'm for you, I promise you, I'll give you the grace that you need to deal with whatever it is in your past that's still haunting you, whatever it is that's in your present that's causing you the fear that you're doing right now. This message that I'm for you, the first part of the Christmas message, I really hope is going to shape Christmas for you. I hope it shapes this week for you. I hope it shapes 2020 as you step into it. And I hope it's something that you're willing to share. If you've received Jesus, let the message speak louder in you and through you. If you haven't received him yet, I hope that you'll do that today. Because that place that you bookmarked earlier, John 3, 16, is a message for you. That God so loved you that he gave his one and only son that if you would believe in him, what that means is this. If you today will come to the point of going, I need what Jesus has done on the cross for the payment of my sin and to restore my broken relationship with God. Jesus, I'm going to ask you for it. If you will believe and trust that what he has done is sufficient, you don't have to work, you don't have to get baptized, you don't have to join anything, it's what Jesus has done for me. That's why God accepts me now. That's why he gives me new life now. Put your faith and trust in him. This is God's promise to you. Would you join me in prayer, everyone? God, thank you. This one thing we know, that God is for me. May that open our hearts more and more to you and what you have for us, Father. For everyone that's here that's put their faith and trust in you, Jesus, help us to share good news. Christmas is a great time to do it. Help us to be a part of your working throughout the world. For those that are ready to put their faith and trust in you today, Jesus, to call upon you to do for them what they can't do for themselves, forgiveness and wholeness with God. 
And if that's you, today, with our heads bowed, you would, with an upraised hand, say, Guy, I've never trusted Jesus to the best of my knowledge, but I am ready to put my faith and trust in him today. Would you just lift a hand and say, Guy, that's me. Would you pray with me as I receive him? Yeah. Just, wherever, yeah, there. Others. Just wave at me. Sometimes it takes me a second to see you. Okay. those with their hands raised, Jesus, or those just in their hearts that are crying out, saying, that's what I want, that's what I need. Thank you for your saving grace that you're pouring into and that you're giving to individuals right now, Jesus. Amazing grace. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We pray this with gratitude. And in full Christmas view, that's why you came. Amen. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.